0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 27 of the Feasible Filmcast. My name is Chris Martin. Um, today on the show, we've got reviews of the new Godzilla film, Godzilla Resurgence, uh, or Shingen's Godzilla. We're also going to tackle Morgan and take a look at episode 2 of Black Mirror, uh, entitled Playtest. So let's go ahead and get things started with uh, the review of Godzilla. Now, I should preface this in saying I'm not a like a big Godzilla connoisseur. Like I've watched maybe five or six of the films, but in doing like some research uh before the show, I found that let's just talk about this for a second. Godzilla has to be one of the longest running movie series like of all time. Um, you know, the first one came out in 1954, which is still arguably the best. Now I know this is going to be <laughs> it's hard to say because I've only seen, like I said, maybe eight of the movies, eight or nine of them, and, you know, bits and pieces of some of the crossover films, you know, growing up. And, you know, just recently in the last couple of years, I have been going back in, you know, starting from the beginning and watching all of them. So, you know, I've seen like the first, I've seen the first one several times, but I watched that one over and then, you know, continued on through the series. But what really intrigues me about this series and Like, unlike something that's kind of not even really nipping at its heels, I guess Bond has, what, like 23 films? Godzilla has 31, I guess, if you count this one. And, uh, you know, it's just interesting to see a character change and morph into different things and go through all of these different decades throughout and still kind of be similar in story. But also with the new one, especially, kind of put it in modern times, but also pay homage to the original in a way. And, um, but like I said, the you know just seeing the monster, uh, or you know transform himself through all of these different films, have all these different um, iterations of like the suit and the person playing the suit, and. Uh, you know, the technology used to bring them on screen. And I think of all the movie monsters, you know, uh, back in the day, you know, you have, you know, as far as size goes, I guess you have like King Kong, Godzilla are the two big ones. Um, and then, you know, you have kind of like all the little spin-offs that came out afterwards, like, you know, like Mothra and Ghidra and, you know, creatures like that. And then you have more of the ground, quote-unquote grounded movie monsters like, you know, Swamp Thing, Wolfman, Frankenstein. um, You know, and those have had kind of a... Even though those still kind of make make it onto the screen here and there, they aren't as um, well-known to, like, a central area as far as Tokyo goes. And seeing it, you know... Destroy the city, and you know, being metaphor for certain things and certain times that they're going through, and you know, rallying the people around the military and the policies and politics of the times to try to take care of this monster, and you know, just um, it's really been one of those films that over the years has you know brought brought the future of technology, brought the future of uh, filmmaking. Um, to, you know, in different hands and different storytellers, different story writers. And, and you know, to see how it evolves is just so interesting. And uh, the new one, uh, I guess we'll just go ahead and start off with this new one. So, you know, it being, I guess, the 31st film, you have quite a backstory to go on. And I like that in this movie, it's a reboot in some fashion. And they they really delve deep into the politics of... Um, you know an attack and what they would do um, if they lost you know all their cabinet members and you know they had to kind of just have everybody rally around and try to find a solution on how to beat this huge monster and you know of course they try to do use the military and you know we'll we'll keep this as spoiler free as possible but you can you know already tell that that kinda of fails and um, you know they have to go through other means to try to take this huge creature down and What I thought was interesting was, um, you know, maybe they've done this in the others. I know they've, you know, had, you know, Son of Godzilla and things like that and, like, smaller versions of Godzilla. But I've never quite seen a Godzilla that shows up at the beginning of the film, terrorizes the town. It jumps right into the story and the meat and the potatoes of it. And... Is truly like terrifying the way it looks and I was I thought at the beginning it was going to this is within like the first five minutes this isn't spoiling anything but I I thought like within like the first like three or four minutes when they were showing you know this creature ransacking the town that it wasn't Godzilla because it just looks so strange and you know you get to see it evolve from some weird like amphibious ground creature to to more of the you know the upright standing diamond quote unquote dinosaur style that you know we've come to love and and I think that all aspects of the transformation look really menacing and they look really really good on screen now um, some things you know I've seen people online kind of criticize and I thought that they were quite jarring at first was the the quick cuts of the poli- like the politics scenes you know where they're they're trying to go through and they're trying to figure out what to do with Godzilla as he's attacking the cities like whether they should evacuate or you know what their plan of attack will be to try to thwart this enemy and you know i I mean I kind of agree that it was j- j- jarring at first, but you know it, it's just the style of the film and you know, if it, was, if it was just a couple of scenes and then they, you know they, they keep going on with it and it changes and be, tries to become something else, I'd understand. But it's just the style. you know I, I don't I mean, you definitely see the jarriness of the cuts, but uh, they were never really so out of place that you know, I felt confused or anything like that. So it was just a way to uh, bring in some tension to it and uh i thought that it, it worked fairly well um so that that's one of the criticisms the other big criticism that i have is the uh the special effects now there are truly like fantastic scenes and you know comparing the budget from this film which was uh i think 15 or 16 million to the Gareth Edwards Godzilla which was like 160 million i think that You know, of course the Godzilla design looks better in this one. Uh, And I thought at points, the special effects and the man in suit stuff looked, like, fantastic. You know, um, even better than, you know, the American counterpart of the reboot. Um, And, you know, comparing the two, I guess, I definitely enjoyed this one better. It, It dealt more with the people other than trying to create like centralized characters that you follow throughout like a Jurassic Park and I think that's just the wrong way to go um, with this move with this type of movie you know you need you need the 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 people to come together the military to come together um, you know enact new policies things like that to truly um, show the scope of what the damage does um to the people and not just a couple you know central characters which i thought was the biggest flaw of the edwards film but um, like i said the special effects were great the new powers of godzilla i thought were great um the way that they use all types of new like camera techniques like 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 those blast zooms and they use like thermal cameras and um just the overall sense and like size of him is this just never been done this well before and to have like the balls to put him in the daytime like there isn't a really a time th- i can think of there isn't a time where you know he's at night so you can kind of hide the flaws and um but he's like clear as day you know and you know shown in <coughs> excuse me and uh you know it just looks fantastic so um, with that aside, um, the other criticism I guess was for me was just the plot. Um, like I enjoyed it for the most part, um, going through the politics and seeing like how people react to it. Um, you don't really get a sense of the people other they're you know they're just being evacuated from the scene, but I thought that the um, uh, they spent a little too much time on it and you know, you kind of understand what they're going for. Um, they, they they show early... I'm not going to spoil any, anything, but they show very early on what they're going, going to try to do um, in taking Godzilla down. And in that process, there's like, you know, 15 minutes of back and forth um, where they don't really get into the science of it. They just kind of are just trying to rally it around, rally people around and trying to get it to work. And you never really get to see the plan put in motion. It kind of just happens because um, they seem to focus more on the tension of the politics and they don't really focus on, you know, getting the troops rallied around, getting everything ready to go. It kind of just, the plan is set, you kind of learn a little bit about the plan and then, you know, it just happens. So I would have liked to seen a little bit less politics and a little bit more of the buildup but you know i i can imagine that you know the budget constraints um you know of the cg definitely played a role in that and uh yeah and speaking of the special effects there are some like horrendous areas of it but there's also like some gleaming moments which are kind of jarring that you know figured we should bring up and um you know, as far as, I guess, getting to... You know, wrapping it up and getting to the ending, we have a... I would say it was a deflating ending. It, um, it kind of left you wanting more, I guess, is a good thing. But the way that they end it, you know, kind of begs questions on what they should do next. And it's almost like most movies nowadays that come out, you just... You want to... Like, like, for instance, like Star Trek or Star Wars or um, even Godzilla. It's not even, it's not the movie that you want to see. You want to see the movie after that, you know. And Star Trek is, you know, especially Star Trek and Star Wars have given, you know, given a lot of time to try to build character and try to build stories that we are familiar with in order to kind of go into the future and, you know, with prequels and build-ups and going on past storylines and even using past storylines verbatim. And especially in, you know, the, uh, the second Star Trek film and uh, The Force Awakens, you know, it's just rehash and things like that. And yeah, although, you know, Godzilla does have some rehashing uh, to an extent, they do take it to a new level at the end. And it just, once you, it wants, I want to give it like a higher score. Like I, I want to be like, you know, it, it, it's charming and and everything has like a, a equal ebb and flow to it, but there's really high highs, but there's really low lows and they just equal out to being something, you know, mediocre. Something I would definitely recommend seeing if you're a fan of the, of the franchise or, you know, if you're just getting into it. Um, it may be kind of difficult you know I would definitely recommend still seeing the original uh, film but um, because I just think it has a beginning and an end you know it it definitely you know deals with uh, you know the wartime efforts of the time it definitely has a an emotional attachment to some characters um, which you don't necessarily get in this um, and it doesn't feel as rushed. It feels very plain and simple and to the point. Whereas this feels a little rushed uh, in terms of act, in terms of just story and special effects. And it seems like they you know they kind of just threw it together in a way, um, which you can definitely see. I mean, the filming it took you know a couple like I think a month or two. The special effects took a couple months and then it premiered. So it's definitely a rush job, but I definitely give it better merits than some of the films I've ever, I've, you know, I've seen in the past. So it's definitely up there, but it's definitely one of those films where you're finished watching it and you just want to see what's next. So um, I'd give it right now, um, you know, out of five stars, i definitely give it about a three. It could go up. I think it could definitely go up with a rewatch um but i feel like i've gotten everything out of it it's just some of the quick scenes maybe some uh review of the the special effects you know i mean that's really what you go into these movies for and um maybe on a rewatch it could go up slightly but you know just maybe by a point 5 if any so we'll leave that and uh i definitely recommend checking it out if you haven't seen it yet um, it's definitely like I think it's, like, the top three most-selling Godzilla film ever. And, uh, you know, and you can definitely tell that they put their work into it. So, yeah, def- definitely go check it out. I know it just came out on, you know, DVD and Blu-ray and VOD and whatnot here here recently. So, definitely check it out. So, moving on to the next film uh, that just recently got released, um, like, on Blu-ray and DVD and whatnot is... is uh, Morgan so Morgan is i guess you could say a sci- science fiction tale um, about a genetically engineered clone, I guess you could say or genetic- genetically engineered person that is son- is secluded in in a uh, like I guess in some kind of like government facility is being monitored and brought up and Uh, taught, like, how to live, I guess, in a way. Um, Now, there's an overlying factor that I'm not gonna spoil that, you know, kind of shows its head towards the end, but it's not something that you can't see popping up here. Um, Now, I don't wanna give too much away, but it is, the film itself is just supposed to be like a sci-fi, I guess, a thoughtful sci-fi film. But what it ends up being is more of like an action um, thriller. Um, Now, the problem with that is it's not like, uh, it's not like Ex Machina. It's not like um, Hannah, or I guess it's more like Hannah. But the thing is about this film is it doesn't have any type of flair on it. Now, I should say it's directed by Luke Scott. I believe it's Ridley Scott's son. And you know, it's not one of those things where you expect it to be a little bit more mindful of the camera, but in a way you're thinking like, you know, this has some pretty good actors, pretty decent actors in it. Um, You know, no breakout stars or anything other than Paul Giamatti, but maybe Jennifer Jason Lee, I guess. But uh, it, it doesn't have any type of, it's very cold and clinical and that's okay you know they did that with ex machina i think and you know and it was successful um but it doesn't have any type of uh it doesn't really delve into the science at all it doesn't really delve into as much as like the emotional state as you'd want it to other than like one uh big scene with paul giamatti and you know the morgan character the clone character um but it never really—it um, it just turns into kind of like a sci-fi thriller, or, or like a like a horror film in a way. You know, something that you could definitely, definitely like see the outcome, of, like see it coming from a mile away, like see the ending coming from a mile away. I guess I should say. Um, none of the characters are memorable. None of the characters are particularly great um there's nothing really to cling on to there's no really emotional attachment it's just these quick little pinpoint scenes where they're trying to evoke an emotion out of you without any type of buildup, and that's really the problem with kind of uh, a quote-unquote like cerebral sci-fi thriller you need you need time you need atmosphere you need intrigue you need all these small little building blocks and it doesn't really have any of that. It's just kind of void of all of those things. And what what really really brings it down is the, uh, kind of floating on spoiler territory here, but what really brings it to a problem for me, I guess, is what ultimately happens. Um, It's just kind of, the the story that you've been following is kind of null and void, I guess, towards the end. Now, this isn't you know high highbrow sci-fi. So you know this is more towards you know something you probably see like like, a, like on a Sunday, on Netflix. You know, it's something you'll see probably in a year on TV. It's not it, it's it's serviceable, I guess, just to check out, but it's not elevating the genre in any way. It's not um, breaking any boundaries. so um, And I even struggled for, you know, to find anything that I enjoyed in the film. It, it, it just, it just kind of happens. I don't know. It's not, it's not emotionally investing at all. And the, the story, you know, it's just a bunch of researchers trying to figure out, you know, how this biological thing that they created is going to evolve. And hopefully, you know, be used as a tool, I guess, in some cases, used to help humans in some cases. Um, but they only focus on, really, they only focus on one thing, which is the, the, um, the brutality, the anger side of it. And they don't ever necessarily go on the angle of, um, uh, like, like feelings or, you know, things like that. It's just kind of touched upon. So it, it's kind of hard to jump around and talk about without spoilers. But, you know, it's just you're, It's just a run-of-the-mill sci-fi film. You know, I, I'd give it... 1.5 is too low, so I'd probably give it about a 2. Um, and recommending... I, I, I wouldn't recommend it if you're, like, a hardcore sci-fi fan. But... You know, if you enjoyed *This Machina... Um, I'm sorry, Ex Machina, I think that you'll get... a, And you, and you want something that's kind of similar, but it's not really going to elevate anything. I, You know, I, I, I think that might be something you'd enjoy. So um, would I say check it out? No. But, you know, if you're interested in kind of like a small-budget sci-fi film, I guess it's okay. Um, would it be if... Should it have been released in theaters? I don't think so. It should have been straight to DVD. And uh, I know when I was looking at it afterwards, it really makes sense that this went through like a bunch of different rewrites to kind of see what they wanted to turn it into. And usually when you go the action horror route, it's it's not a get-out-of-jail-free card, but it's a little easier. Um, And it makes... Uh, It's definitely jarring, I guess, but I don't know. I don't even know if it was what it was rated. I could have been rated R, I guess, because of all the blood and everything. But on a small budget, you know, it's okay. So let's move on to the last bit of review here. So, you know, we've been reviewing the first episode. We reviewed the first episode last last time with um, of Black Mirror Season 3. So... We're gonna go ahead and move on to the second episode, which is entitled "Playtest," and it, uh, it 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 it's really interesting. It it um, it I'm trying to st- come across the best way to think about this and not spoil anything, um, but let's just say there might be some mild spoilers just to try to explain. Um, kind of my feelings on it. You know, it's kind of a genre that's kind of close to my heart with, you know, video games and survival horror and things like that. So um, let's just start here. So it's about, it's basically about a guy who, um, which definitely, I'll definitely say the acting in this was just fantastic. You know, just like most of the Black Mirror, you know, episodes, you know, they, they have a knack of finding people who just, kind of hit it out of the water as far as the acting goes and this is just no different it's just fantastic um acting and you kind of have kind of like a happy-go-lucky kind of stoner type character and uh um he uh he he he's going to travel the world he's using like his life sa- life life savings to get away from his father's death and his mother at home and, and you know going out and you know just trying to find himself or whatever and, and in doing so he needs to you know get some money to, to fly home because he ends up spending it all and so he finds this I believe is in London and he finds this uh, this tech company you know it's coming out with this brand new VR game uh, quote-unquote VR game that is you know testing the limits testing what you know what you think is possible and so, you know, it'll give him enough cash to get home, you know, buy his plane ticket to get home. So, you know, he's into it. You know, it, it goes to the, the facility where, you know, he's getting paid. And it's kind of like, like a Facebook or a Google. You know, they, they have all these clean rooms and all these people with all this, you know, painting on the walls and very modern looking, very clean. And, and uh, you know, said he's going to get paid for it, whatever. And he has kind of a device that's connected to the back of his head and he's able to start sensing things now. You know, they're able to tell him that, you know, whenever he needs to or whenever he wants to get out of the situation, he just has to, have, to tell the safe where and he's out. So, it's, it's cool because it's just like all of, um, I don't want to spoil anything, but the awesome thing about the episode is really the journey, but it's also like the cool little twists here and there if you pick up on them, but it's neat because it uses ideas uh, that um, it uses ideas that are prevalent things that you've seen before um, that you haven't actually ever looked up I wouldn't think you know it wouldn't be something that you'd actually like look up or be curious about, but it's been told to you over and over again and I don't want to like say anything other than that because it's it's spoiler territory but When you go into it, you know, you're thinking about things that happen throughout uh, the whole, you know, episode and it coming down to just one thing like it can change your life, like uh, like a car crash or losing someone you love or not being ready for something like that. And it's almost like, you know, with this VR experience that this guy goes through, it's almost like he's like, you know, of course, experiencing like his worst fears that come to life but being trapped in something like that, like forever, it's almost like a hell. And they, they offer up like a really awesome idea and solution on, you know, just gaming in general and also like what it can do to you, like a look into the future, uh, like even like a look into your past if, if that's possible. But everything is moving towards like a centralized idea of having life experiences and recorded memories and things like that that are available to you and the way that it's controlled is giving you experiences giving the things that you want but not necessarily ever being able to store those things like not ever being able to say um, these experiences I can give to somebody else you know our only real way to do that is you know through photographs through video um, but As far as like experiencing it, you know, it's just not there yet. So with VR, you have, you can have more intense, I guess you can have more intense experiences. Um, You can have more that will kind of like shape your psyche, I guess. And the better that it gets, it's ultimately going to be to a point where everything's in VR because if you can experience like the best of anything the best of movies the best of scares the best of like theatrical experience the best of like going to a concert in a VR headset closed off to the world I mean that's the way you would do it it's just the only real obstacle is being able to interact with others you know that's the only real thing that that would be missing in this scenario like because everything that you witness if it's live is, is, um, you can interact with, but you can't necessarily ever be influenced. Like you can be influenced by, but you can't be touched by it. So the only thing after VR would be some kind of drug, some kind of device that you get into some kind of a hookup that can connect to your brain or, yeah, I mean that'd be the easiest thing to do is to connect to your brain to make you make you make your blood pressure go up, make you feel something in your fingers, make you touch something. You know, that's the ultimate you know goal. I guess we with VR, that's just the first setup. You know, and with computers as fast as they are, we're able to you know render things that are super realistic. And in this episode, they they really delve into what it would be like if you could not only sense but feel and touch things and be able to enjoy things and you know be scared of things and being able to feel things I guess and you know throughout the whole experience they, they basically like put the guy they put, put the guy in kind of like a haunted mansion to an ode to Resident Evil and you know and just say you know you're gonna be here all night you know just act normal whatever and of course everybody just in that situation um, in any horror movie you've seen, you know, whether it be like a babysitter or whatever, it'll go and walk around the house and check things out and stuff like that. And, you know, be able to, um, you know, just check everything out. And the horror behind that is you don't know if someone's like lurking in a, you know, you don't know if someone's lurking behind a door or there's some demon or things like that. But the thing with, vr is it can be anything like it could be it could be like somebody you know it's it's more personal it's not just a go like a random ghost that shows up or something like that it is like your ultimate fear of a ghost or your ultimate fear of a person or whatever that might be that shows up in front of you and what do you do and that's what's just so interesting about it and i thought that they did like such a fantastic idea or um, uh, a fantastic job like Giving that message out there and showing you in a like a VR world what it, the future could be like, and that's what the show is ultimately about. It's just about you know taking these themes and ideas and technology and showing what it could be like in the future, and that's what's just so intriguing about this show. So definitely another awesome episode, another five star episode. Um, I can't say enough about it. You know the acting's great. There's comedy in there. There's horror in there. There's it's thrilling. It has a cool ending. There's twists and turns. Um, It has something for everybody in there. So definitely check it out. Um, And we'll definitely... uh, That brings us towards the end of the show. But uh, next week we're going to have a review of Rogue One. And also a review of Magnificent Seven. And the next episode of Black Mirror. So until then, thank you so much for listening. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, It's at Lee Van Martin. Um review this episode or review this episode or review the show on iTunes. That'd be fantastic. Or wherever you downloaded it from, if you'd review it um, or share it on your Twitter or Instagram or wherever, that'd be helpful. And uh, until next time, stay feasible.